Welcome to our first session. Our first session is called, Oh, the word of my Lord deep within my being. So we have missed two Easter's, 2020 and 2021. We've missed one Christmas, 2020. Hopefully this year in 2021, we will be able to celebrate Christmas in our churches. True, we'll have to wear masks, we'll have to keep social distancing, but we can sing once again. We will sing those beautiful carols. And so I thought, what are we doing to prepare ourselves? Materially, some of you have already put up your Christmas trees. Some of you have bought Christmas gifts already for the family and friends. And you have already planned where and when you're having your Christmas dinner. But spiritually, what, we, what have we done? And so I thought I'd present to you a series, if possible, of Advent Reflections. And the first one I've decided to call, Oh, the word of my Lord deep within my being. It is taken from a song created by the late Damien Lundy, a British De La Salle brother. He was born in 1944 and he died of a kidney failure, which is a part of his family heritage, in 1996. And he created that beautiful song, Oh, the word of my Lord, deep within my being. Oh, the word of my Lord, you have filled my mind. Christmas is a time when the Word of God became flesh and dwelt within us, dwelt amongst us, and brought to us the peace and the joy that you and I all want to, to buy, all of us we want so deeply within our hearts. So I'd like to present to you three pictures about the Word of my Lord. Do not try to connect them with each other because they are not connected with each other. They are taken from scripture at different times and therefore look at them as those beautiful pieces of glass in a kaleidoscope, which when you turn around presents magnificent pictures. The very first picture is taken from Genesis, the book of creation, the very first chapter. Let me read it for you. In the beginning... When God created the universe, the earth was formless and desolate. The raging oceans that covered everything was engulfed in total darkness, and the power of the Lord was moving over the water. Then God said, Let there be light, and light appeared, and God was pleased. And so when we contemplate the beginning of creation, we contemplate chaos and confusion. There was mist over the waters, there was darkness all around, and in the midst of that darkness God says, let there be light. In Latin, fiat lux. The word of God was effective and creative, just saying, let there be, and it came into being. And then we fast forward, how many thousands of years? I don't know. But there was in a little town called Nazareth, a young woman called Mary, a creature like you and me, a creature who was finite. 
and a creature who said, like God, let it be, fiat. And as a result, the word of God became flesh and pitched his tent in our midst. As a result of that, let it be by Mary, a child was born to us, a son was given to us. His name was Emmanuel. Oh, what a gift, what a wonderful gift. Who can tell of the glory of the Lord? And so then, I'd like to paint a second picture of creation much later, and we get it in from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8. The book of Proverbs speaks about wisdom, wisdom that was created by God and became God's instrument in, in creating the world. It's the same story of creation, but told in a different way as a poem, as a dance, that wisdom danced before the Lord, and thus it was created. So let me read that passage from the book of wisdom, from the, from the book of Proverbs. Wisdom's part in creation. The Lord created me at the beginning of his works, the first act of his, first of his acts long ago. Ages I was set up before the beginning of the earth, before the mountains were shaped, before the hills I was brought forth. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he marked the foundations of the earth, then I was be beside him like a master working, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing in him always. The word wisdom in Greek is Sophia. Holy wisdom is Hagia Sophia. If that name sounds familiar, you shouldn't be surprised. In Constantinople, for 1,500 years, there was a beautiful, magnificent basilica, cathedral, which was named Hagia Sophia. The Greek and the Orthodox churches, which are in full union with Rome, decided to build this cathedral in honor of wisdom. Hagia Sophia. And for 1,500 years, it was used as a cathedral until the Islamic powers took over Turkey and changed its name from Constantinople to Istanbul and changed Hagia Sophia into a mosque. And it was used for, <coughs> for a few, few centuries until about a century and a half ago, when Turkey became secular, it decided to change the Hagia Sophia into a museum. But only at the beginning of this year, it was changed back into a mosque. It will still be used as a museum where tourists can go and visit, but every Friday it will be used as a mosque. Hagia Sophia, the wisdom of God, and the second person of the Blessed Trinity has been identified as the wisdom of God, the word of God, the word of God that created. And wisdom says that she was dancing in the Lord's presence. And it was this dance that created the world in which we live in. St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Corinthians, there is one God, 
from whom all things are made, and it is through Jesus Christ all things are made. So St. Paul identifies that wisdom that was the master worker in God's hands as the Word of God, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. Again, in the letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, verse 15, he tells us, Christ is the firstborn of all creation. Again, that same poetic language from Proverbs, before anything was created, I with God. Which brings me to the third picture. And the third picture comes from uh, the Gospel of St. John, the prologue of St. John. We know it so well. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What a beautiful way of telling us how creation was made and how the Word of God was so much center of that creation. All things were made through him and without him nothing that was in existence came to be made. And then he goes further. You and I were made in the image and likeness of God. You and I were made in the image of the word made flesh. You and I are precious, are unique, unrepeatable irreplaceable images of that God. It does not stop there. The Word became flesh and pitched His tent amongst us, and to those who received Him, they were given power to become heirs of God. They were given powers to be heirs of the kingdom. It is this Word in which we live and move and have our being. O oh, the Word of my Lord, deep within my being. And because these three pictures are there, we have certain implications. But I cannot end with these three pictures. I feel there's a need to give a fourth picture. And it's not so much a picture as uh, 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 an encapsulating of the three images. We are told in Hebrews that God, who through the centuries spoke through the prophets, now in the fullness of time sent his only son, spoke through his only son, spoke the word that became flesh, and in him we have our salvation. What a beautiful thought indeed. But there are implications, and I'd like to share with you just two implications. And the first one comes from Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11. The word of the Lord goes forth and does not return until it fulfills that for which it was sent. And what was it sent? For something that is the deepest desire in your mind and mine today. It was sent to bring peace and justice. How badly we need it in a world that is getting more and more violent. I'd like to just name three or four of these things that cause a turmoil in the human soul. The first one here right in Canada is the injustices that have been to our indigenous people. We, were, we took their children and put them in residential schools. And from there came that slogan, every child matters. It is something that stirs up our hearts, stirs up our resolution, 
to do something so that justice is done and when justice is done there will be peace. Martin Luther King Jr. said if there is no justice there will be no peace and there will be no peace without justice being done first. And the second thing that we notice it's there in our everyday papers especially in uh, countries around the world. It has been hitting the streets, it has been hitting the cities, and the slogan here is Black Lives Matter. There is racial injustice, and it's not just blacks. It's all types of people that are different from us, that have different customs, different traditions, different languages, who cannot speak our language the way we are used to speaking it. A third injustice that we see and it's our hearts that are hurting so badly when we read in our papers of men and women like you and me searching a life like the lives that you and I live that are drowning in the sea as they seek to be refugees and migrants into a new land and we who have are not willing to share with those who have not it's sad indeed and the fourth that I'd like to mention is the imbalance that we have in our world today when women are treated as second class. And because we do not look at their vision and we do not hear their voice, we are so poor. Our church, our society, our sports, our military, in a word, everything that touches us. We are poorer because of that. Our souls are only half fulfilled. God created a miracle when he created you and me. But he created half a miracle that you and I have to complete in our world today. And that miracle is to see that there is a balance. And now I'm not even speaking about uh, climate change and global warming and all the other things. God has continually raised up people in our midst today. He has raised up people like Isaiah and Jeremiah. God has raised up people like Daniel and Jonah. And God is raising up people like you and me because the word of the Lord will not return until it's fulfilled the purpose for which it was sent. And what is the second implication of this great word of the Lord deep within us? The second implication is that the word of the Lord is like a two-edged sword that cleaves the bone, that cleaves the flesh from the spirit, that cleaves to the right to the bone as we read in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It makes us Stop and think of the purpose for which you and I have been made. You and I have been made in order to proclaim the good news to the poor. You and I have been made so that the blind can see, so that the deaf can hear, so that the lame can walk, so that the captives can be sent free. You and I have been made apostles. And that is the two-edged sword that will constantly challenge you and me. 
So what are we like? Are we like the seed that the farmer sows into the ground? Because that is the word of God in our hearts. Sometimes we are on rocky soil. We get so caught up with a charismatic preacher. We get so caught up in the enthusiasm of the moment, a book that inspires us. But because we are not embedded in Jesus Christ in whom we live and move and have our being, as soon as we that enthusiasm catches us, it dies down. Or perhaps we are like the word that is among the weeds. We are caught up with a hundred and one things that we have to do and we believe that we are the only people that can do it. Why can't we be humble enough and realize that we can trust others, but more especially trust God to see that the purpose for which we were sent forth will be accomplished? Or perhaps we have been caught up with possessions and we don't hear the words of the Lord, sell all you have and come and follow me because I've got great things for you, for you to do in this world today. As I said before, God has raised up Jeremiah and Isaiah, Jonah and Daniel and he raises up young men and women and old men and women in our own day and time in order that the kingdom of God on earth may be like it is in heaven, as we say in the Lord's Prayer. Oh, the word of my Lord, deep within my being. Oh, the Lord, word of my Lord, you have filled my mind. And until we meet at the next session, I'd like you to challenge you to do something. Go through your own life and see and name three people. They don't speak much, but the word of the Lord comes from them loud and clear. Name them, write them down in your book. And if you've got the courage, send them a note and say, thank you for making the word of the Lord alive in my being. Send them a note, pick up the telephone and call them. God bless you all.